Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is the Anaheim 3 wrap-up, BTOsports.com. Use the code PULPMX when you're checking out uh, for whatever you need for your bike or body. They've got it. And a brand-new website, mobile phone-friendly, great international shipping rates. Well, actually, some some international shipping rates are free if you spend enough money, everybody. And... Uh, and use the code PulpMX to save yourself money. Of course, uh, proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team with Andrew Short and Justin Brayton. And, of course, Fox Racing. What more can you say about the guys at Fox down there? 2015 stuff is out now. Ryan Dungey and um, Kenny Roxon wears it. The global innovation leader for motocross racewear. They always continue their relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. V3 Helmet. V3 Helmet with MIPS technology. Airspace goggle. 360 racewear. Yeah, foxhead.com or visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Like I said, folks, this is the Anaheim 3 wrap-up. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, uh, former German Supercross champion, former Montreal Supercross champion, now uh, a big wig at WPS, the Jason Thomas. I'm here. That, also, that's that time again. Also on the line, a man who doesn't go to any races. Yeah. Once again, we need just two in a row. That's right. I really feel completely out of the loop. I don't know who won. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Not sure what went yep. on. No. Um, uh, you know why, Gant. You, you just get we, the... You just need to have this call in like 15 years and see if me planting seeds and allowing other people to go to some races worked out better for me. Mm-hmm. Or if your plan of always going to every race ever, we'll just talk in 15 years and see who made the right move. Um, it's like if you want, if you want to eat a cinnamon roll... Okay, going to the bakery and smelling the cinnamon rolls and seeing how they're made and then touching and holding and devouring a cinnamon roll is much better, Weege, than just seeing a cinnamon roll on TV. Okay? Yes, but here's the problem. And it always comes down to budget for me. What if there are two hungry mouths and there's only one cinnamon roll to go around? So in this case, I said you, children... I will allow you to go to the bakery on this Sunday morning and get yourself a cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. I've had plenty of cinnamon rolls. I'm good. So Jordan and I had the cinnamon rolls. Yeah, like if 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 this were a sport where we had if this was the Super Bowl and we could send three guys to every race, I'd beat every one. But it's got to be either or when you're going. Coast okay. To coast. Well, what about so this? Everyone or help some other dudes go to two or three so they actually meet some riders and make some connections, which at this point, missing two races isn't going to change my life, but it's huge for them. Okay, but what about this? Okay, what if, what if you have to write about the cinnamon rolls and talk about the cinnamon rolls, but you weren't there? You only saw it on TV. Jordan and I devoured the cinnamon rolls. 
That's why Jordan went. <laughs> There's always someone there in my place if I don't go. So, so Racer X is handled. Well, my point is, is how good are you going to be on this podcast? Maybe we should call up Jordan Roberts. Maybe at Oakland we should have called Aaron Hansel. I know. Um, we'll see. All right. Enough of that. Um, Anaheim Plant seeds, man. I highly recommend it. Uh, Your life won't change if you races, but it will. You could save a life. Oh, I'm. If you, these young bucks to I'm, go to one. I'm missing some races here very shortly. Oh, sure you are. Very shortly. Sure you, are. you guys just wait. Sure you are. There will be no Steve Mathis to get yelled at at a few of these races. Um, uh, okay, first up, um, Anaheim three, uh, the track itself. I liked the it, JT. It gave you, it gave some guys some options, and there were some things done in practice that weren't done in the race because it was a little too gnarly, which I like because you know it allows you to take some risks, and it was a very busy technical track. It was. I, I thought it was uh, extremely busy. That was literally my first thought when I walked out there uh, on Saturday morning. The only thing I didn't like is. It really looked tough to pass, like incredibly tough for a lot of guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, give and take with that, but yeah. yeah, busy man. I like it. Busy. Hey, I was going to ask JT about one thing that was notable to me. Not just the combos, but they eventually really couldn't do too much of anyway. The stuff just looks steep. Did it seem exceptionally steep compared to? Uh, is that we all talk about the tracks get more technical? Is that literally one of the elements you, t- you don't see it on the blue track blueprint? But they just steepen everything as the weeks go on. Well, you can make any track really tough if you change the you know trajectory angles like you're talking about. Uh, I didn't yep. think that a lot of it was crazy steep. The one triple face was pretty steep. Um, right, Oakland was steeper, but, you know, triple wise. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was too bad. I just thought there were there were a lot of jumps. Uh, I think if we counted the number of obstacles on that track versus a lot of other tracks, there would just be more. There were just more obstacles out there. More cinnamon rolls. What about what about some of these young kids got to eat some then? Did it did it seem like uh Ralph got paid per use the term elevated start on the T V broadcast? Do you think he got an extra bonus? Because man, they really liked it. And did they ever hype that up in the stadium as well? It was like the folks at Feld just I mean they did they you know, they built an elevated start and it and I thought it was pretty cool, but holy crap, we got it, man. We got it. It was an elevated start. Um what do you think of it, Weege? I always say with those things that get mentioned a lot, it can be one of two things. It could be that someone said, this is a huge deal, hype it up. But it also, or, or, <laughs> it also could be when you have run out of things to say, you're like, oh, wait, right. I have X, and I'll just bring that up. That'll cover this 30 seconds of blank time that I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Don't ever count that out in right. these three-hour shows of the dudes just finding ways to fill in time because they have nothing to say. Well, okay, I timed uh, 14 seconds of dead air during the 250 LCQ. No mention no. of elevated start in there, but there was 14 seconds. Well, no, where you see the guys really struggle is during those transitions, like one race ends, the interview ends, and the other races are ready to go yet, and there's yeah. like a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. They cannot bench race for a minute and a half. They've got nothing. We're, we're going to be on this call for over an hour, no problem. But they can't come up with anything to say in that minute and a half. So that's an awesome bailout. What about the elevator start? Um, what do you think of it, JT? I thought it was all right. We haven't had one, I don't think, until 2000, since 2006. I would just, my own thoughts. Um, 
But I don't know. I think, uh, you know, change is good, which we've talked about a million times. But Yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't really – I could go either way. I don't think it really adds anything, you know, I think other than just being a little bit different. That's really all it adds. It's not like better or worse. It's right, just right. different. Yeah, and it didn't really affect anything, that's for sure. Um, I did have to laugh at, at uh, Ralph. He's like, the elevator shaft, he called it. Down the elevator shaft. I'm like, <laughs> Ralph, that's not – it's really not that big of a deal. It's about, about five feet. It's about a five-foot drop, six-foot drop. Did give him if a chance I have money on it, I bet you that one was not his. What's that, oh. Weege? I, I bet you that one wasn't his. You don't think? I don't that know. One, that one reeks to someone saying to run it, I think. <laughs> run the elevator shaft. Any way you can elevator. work in the word shaft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And boy, do they. Ever... I, you know what's funny? Okay, I'm sure a lot of people, I heard a lot of people watch the Super Bowl. Is that true? Did yeah. Did get a lot of ratings? Yeah, a lot of people watched it. Okay, so if anyone happened to watch it, do you notice in an NFL game, they never, this is the most important sporting event you could argue in the world. You never once hear anyone say things like, oh, man, listen to this crowd. They are so fired up. It is so important. It is so intense. These guys are putting it all on the line. They're, they're pushing as hard as they can to try to win this game. Do you ever hear stuff like that in a football game? No. No. <laughs> it's just assumed. It's not even thought about. Right, yeah. You guys know. You know that they're trying hard. Let's yeah. not even get into that. Right, yeah. They're, they're, they're top-level athletes. They're, you know, so. Um, um, yeah, so um, I thought the track was good. Yeah, busy. I like the, I like the elevator start just because it's something different. But, yeah, I'm with you, JT. It didn't do much. Like, it didn't affect much. Nobody, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I do like during the interviews, um, a lot of guys, what do you think of the, uh, the in-stadium guys? What do you think of uh, the elevator start and riders are like, yeah, I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter. You know? um, like, well, Shorty, uh, Sh- Shorty d- loved it because of his third gear start. And, C- okay. and Tomac told me that Kennard and Seeley started in third also. Okay. So that's uh, a little different. But um, the, only, the only thing I think. And I got asked that a lot as well. But I, the only thing I think it helps is I think it helps the taller guys for some reason. <clears throat> well, not for some reason, but I think because when you drop down like that, you really have to to make sure you stay very far forward because the bike wants to wheelie, just like on a mm-hmm. mad skills game or anything. You know, as you're dropping down and you're you're accelerating, the front wants to go away from you. So the guys that are taller can put a little bit more leverage on the front end mm-hmm. just by leaning forward. So I think that helps a, a tiny bit, but, uh, I mean, that that's really the only change. Um, okay, yeah, I guess so. Yes, I, guess, I can see that for sure. Uh, um, all right, let's 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 talk about the race a little bit. So Dungy, Dungy won, and he said it pissed him off that people were talking about him having a red plate and not having a win. And he's been getting better, better and better. JT, you called him for the win. Um, good job good. on that. And um, he was, I told him after the race, uh, I thought it could have ran till one in the morning and it wouldn't have mattered because the guy was flawless. Like he just rode, you know, there was all this activity behind him. And uh, you got to give it up to him, JT. He rode a great race. He rode uh, about as well as he could all day. Yeah. Uh, he's generally not the fastest guy in practice. Maybe, you know, I would say ever. It just doesn't seem like he is ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was in both practices. And, you know, he just kind of controlled the whole night, day and night. I mean, he was which is, dominated, Which really. is, I mean, okay, controlled the whole night. That's, you know, he won the heat race, too. Um, yeah, I'm just saying day and night, he was, he, he never lost. Well, but that's what, like, he doesn't control nights, 
you know right. what I mean? That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, right. what else can you say but just bravo? Like, it was yeah. about as dominating performance as we've ever seen from him in a Supercross. When he couldn't get by the 800 in the heat race, I'm like, Ryan, you got to get by him. And then, so he gets by Mike finally. And then, of course, Seeley, Kennard, everybody blows rocks and they blow right by um, Mike also. You know what I mean? It, and I mm-hmm. just thought, I thought that was so Ryan Dungey. I'm like, you, you, you know, you, you need to get by him and put some gap on these fast dudes. And you can't get by them. And then as soon as you do, everyone else does too because they're waiting on you to get to pass them. And, uh, um, but, but anyways, it turned out great. And then in the main event, he got Baggett right away. And, uh, and it was great. Somebody that I was talking to, this is how this sport works, of course. You know, we were talking about Roxon forever in the title. But I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were like, this is Dungy's title to lose now. I could see him ripping, ripping this off and, and, and extending his points lead. What do you think? Yeah, I actually can. Um, something is, dare I say it, <laughs> different. Something's different. Uh-huh. And I actually started seeing it at Anaheim 2. The first two rounds were just typical Dunge. Whatever. He's, the bike's changed this year, and mm-hmm. Phil has gone, and now he's at Alden Baker, whatever. He was the same Dunge as usual. He was good. He was solid. But it was like, when he's in fourth, you're like, yeah, he's not running these dudes down. He'll go as fast yeah. as them. Yeah. But... Anaheim, too, he looked just quicker and faster, I feel, than he normally looked, and he was closing in on Kenny a little bit. He didn't win. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was like, huh, that seemed a little different, that, that he was cl- catching Kenny like that. And then he didn't win Oakland, but it was a good ride. It definitely was better than the first two rounds. And then this is like the culmination of it all. So, um, yeah, if it was the same old Dunge, uh, I wouldn't say it's over, mm-hmm. but... He looks to have a little edge to him right now that I don't feel he normally has in Supercross. That's going to make it tough because he's not going to blow a whole bunch of points. You know that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's funny, though. People are like, oh, look at Kenny. Alden Baker already. <laughs> it's like, come on, people. Oh. <laughs> come on. Like, <laughs> let's, let's calm down here. Although, like, that was the worst Kenny Roxon we've seen so far. It was. I don't know if you can point at this point to no, Alden no, Baker no, making no. a different Kenny in two weeks. But I do think that there's a chance that that might be what's – Dungey's got two things that change this year, right? right. Working at Alden and that KTM is new. Some combination of that yeah. seems to be helping him. I don't think it's affecting Kenny this early. I'll tell you what, he's in a good mood because, you know, he's – I mean, Weege, you know, Dungey isn't a, isn't a huge fan of uh, myself, you know? Wasn't a huge fan. Well, wasn't. well let me tell you what kind of mood he was in. Um <laughs> I went and found him because, I mean, I got to talk to him after that race, you know. And uh, he gave me an interview, and it was very good. It was good answers. I thought it was uh, a little more candid dungeon than usual. Then again, he's probably stoked that he just won. And then I said, okay, hey, Ryan, thanks for this interview, and uh, I will see you next week. And he goes, okay, no problem. And then I go to turn around, slaps me on the shoulder and says, see you next week, buddy. Wow. See you next week, buddy. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really think this is as big a deal as you've been playing it up for the past 30 hours. <laughs> See you next week, buddy. I'm just saying. The title like, is clearly his. That, that's all the evidence we need. Just the, hand him the play now. No, he knows. He knows. That's how happy yeah, he's he is. Play. Once he buried the hatchet with you, it's just aces. Then again, though, we still have St. Louis's coming up. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
But uh, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. We, I mean, I like I got nothing against Ryan. I just know some of the things over the years have made him too happy. But um, you know, what do you guys think? Do you think he's riding better than you? I'm talking like mm. you know five percent. I'm not a huge difference, but I'm like I know it's hard to gauge. Filippo's not there. Stu's not there. So it's not quite apples to apples year to year. But he looks extra good to me. I don't want to go down JT's road because you know it might validate some of his his thoughts that I don't agree with. But I oh, oh here but we go. I do here we go. I do think that bike is pretty good. It looks good. Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. really good. Um, um, it looks so mm-hmm. small and tight, and the guys can. Uh, we've seen the horsepower from everybody, and it just looks like they can put it anywhere they want. Um, I, I think that bike might be pretty good. What about you, JT? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, you would normally see, I think, well, watching Ryan Dungey over the past few years, I think we can all agree that we look at his bike sometimes and are like, man, it just doesn't look good. looks like he he's adjusted or he's steered the team to a setting that doesn't just doesn't look that great. And I don't I I think you guys would agree with that at times. It's just been looks like it's off. And I have I haven't really sure. seen that from him this year at all. I haven't seen the bike where I'm like, man, it just looks like in the whoops it's struggling or it looks super low in the rear and that doesn't look great. Uh but I yeah, I I, I haven't ridden that bike yet, so I'm purely speculating. But I have talked to the team guys, I've talked to Andrew and it seems like it's a big improvement, and uh, KTM guys seem to be responding to it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. And uh, look, and no offense to Cole Seeley, uh, who rode a great race and, and, and finished second, but uh, Dunch just put five points on Tomac and uh, seven on uh, Kenny. You know, so that's nice. It's nice to have. Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe some maybe this person was right. Maybe they're not. Um, you know, you get caught up every week with who the winner is and. This guy looks so good, and oh my god! And I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were all talking the same stuff about Kenny Roxon, you know. Um, so we're, we're we're guilty of that too. You know, the, the last winner is the guy that we think is looking so good, but uh, yeah, know, but it's nothing about those first two rounds that you didn't kind of expect to see happen. I know JT picked Dunge to to win the title. You and I picked Roxon, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone when Kenny won Anaheim won. Or he and Tomac were faster than Dungey at, at uh, Phoenix. Anyone was like, "There's no way. <laughs> no, How could no. those guys be quicker than Dungey?" Like it was all making sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's crazy that anyone speculated that the first two races. It wasn't like it was, you know when Millsaps did good at the beginning of the year two years ago. It was like, "Where is this coming from?" Right. But Roxon and Tomac, they've they've gone as fast as Dungey before. So it all makes sense. I feel like anything anyone's saying. I think uh, it's also good that we have four different winners in five races. That's awesome. Is there a chance that um, Roxon actually had a little residual from that case to the face? Well, that's that what take a little bit. I thought that, and I, I mean, the the team people are like, no, he rode all week. It was good. Like he had good, all, you know. Generally speaking, if something's bothering him, a wrist or whatever, and I don't think the face was a big deal, but the wrist, you know, you don't ride that week. You take it easy. Um, but apparently, he had a normal week. Um, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, um. I don't know. It's not. Yeah. Hard to say, right? Um, uh, what do you think, JT? Do you think that would bug him at all? I mean, there was no doubt he wasn't the same guy. I thought he was all right. I, I, he didn't look like his setup was all that great in the whoops. He just 
struggled there. I, you know, it wasn't terrible, but I expected him to be a little better there. It looked like Tomac was closing on him big time every lap there mm-hmm. in that first set. And almost try, you know, he was almost making a pass every lap before he actually did make the pass. So generally that's a kind of a uh, good point on the track for Roxon is getting through the whoops and, and he doesn't struggle, but he seemed to. Uh, I don't really think the injury was a big deal because he, you know, he, he seemed to like he was riding during the week and especially once the adrenaline gets flowing, it doesn't really seem to matter most times. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, he's had some turmoil with switching trainers and all that. I don't know if, you know, obviously I don't think it's uh, any kind of fall off from training wise, but, uh, you know, a lot of times there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't really know about, you know, so whatever, you know, it's too early to really say, uh, but if this trend continues, we're going to have to obviously look at it a little harder and, and try to figure something out because, Something's changed, right? He doesn't. He did not look like the same guy out there uh, mm-hmm. all all day and night. In, in my opinion, he wasn't bad in practice, but yeah. certainly at night he wasn't the same guy. Not too bad being not the same guy and getting a fourth. You know what I mean? Which is what we no, talked no, about too. But yeah. you watch yeah. his early races, and I mean the guy. You know, if, I think at Oakland, if he hadn't crashed, I personally believe he would have won that race. Uh, but that was not him this weekend. So mm-hmm. we'll see, I guess. Um. Hey, so Cole Seeley, fifth last week, um, rode well, and then this week second place. Uh, what did you see from him, JT? What did you think? Well, that was kind of the Cole Seeley I expected to see earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. He came out right away in the first practice at Anaheim 1 and was right on the board, and it just hasn't worked out that way. Uh, I think Anaheim, that, those conditions are really, really good for him, his technique and his finesse and all the, the things that he does well. And especially that track uh, design being really technical, really busy, I think that plays into his favor. Uh, he seems like he's a very skilled kind of BMX uh, technical rider. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know getting a good start and that all those conditions we just talked about, it was kind of the perfect storm for Sealy to to put in a good result. We he's uh, he's seven points back of Anderson. Is Sealy going to be the best rookie? Does this mean anything? Anderson didn't have a good race. I don't know what was going on. No, it, it, honestly, this just goes exactly back to the conversation we just had about Dunge and Roxon. I mean, it's what have you done for me lately? Like mm-hmm. suddenly, it seems for sure that Sealy's better. Um, but it's just I, we're picking such a small sample size, especially with rookies. I mean, yeah. you have so much more data on a guy like Dunge or a guy like Roxon, but these rookies. I mean, as good as Sealy was. You know, he could crash next week and get 14th, just like he did at the beginning of the year, or like Anderson did after getting second of the first round. It's a little harder, I think, to to plan ahead with these rookie guys. But what really impressed me was, you know, at the end, for sure, Tomac and Roxon went after him and closed in, and yeah. Tomac almost got him. But for, geez, the first, what, 16 laps, he wasn't holding anybody up. They weren't eating him alive. Like, he was basically just no, yeah. running their pace. Well, I thought, uh, I don't know how much it showed on TV because I haven't watched the, the main yet, but I thought he was holding Canard up a little bit, uh, and Trey went yeah. down. But uh, Trey was trying yeah. to get by him. like it was, And then Trey admitted to me after the race that he does. He had to ride a little different, you know, um, with his teammate. So he had to just be a little, little careful. Yeah, I think Trey was a little faster. But um, the other guys, but it, but it wasn't a drastic difference. It wasn't like... Uh, Here's the difference. When Baggett was in front of those guys, you kind of knew. You're like, okay, where are they going to get him? How are they going to get him? Sealy wasn't quite that level. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so uh, that was impressive to me. Although you could definitely see the difference of the the, the twenty laps and the experience with it. I think the last couple laps, yeah, obviously Tomac was really going after it, and I don't think Chile was quite as strong the last three. But I'm sure that'll come. I uh, I talked to Tomac after the race a little bit, and he was pissed. But then I, I couldn't figure out if it was just because it was talking to me, though, you know. But I don't think so. And he was just he was just pissed. Um, he just he's he was just you know. Getting third was good, but you know, I think he saw Dunge, you know, walk away with this thing, and he was a little, little angry. But he used that line, JT, um, to go um, alongside the first baseline. He was going two three, and then outside three three before the finish. And yep. I said to him, "I'm like, hey, that was really working for you, and I expected you to try that move on Sealy on the last lap." And he's like, "If I would, if I had to do it over again, I would have." Um, were you surprised like me to not see him bust that out on the last lap? I mean, Are you I don't, talking about the the two three or the three three? Both. He, he did neither one on the last lap right. when he was behind Sealy. So um, I think it kind was both. faster. You know. Yeah, I think it was faster, but I, I think that it was almost impossible to pass someone doing the the two three along the the far side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could make time there. I thought it was quicker, but really to yeah. make a pass. Wow. Uh, Pretty much impossible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would have worked. Right, chances right, are right. low. And the only yeah. way to make the pass and the turn after that to go three three is if the guy basically allows you uh, to move to get a run on the left side because all Sealy has to do is go inside, go two three, and then kind of fade left. Yeah, but and then Tomax blocked but off. But maybe Sealy thinks that Tomax right on him and going to try to get him on the inside. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying it, it, it doesn't change the race, but I thought it would. Yeah. I, I agree with you in, in theory because it was maybe working. Should have tried, but at the same time, I think it was it, it would have been futile either way. But it was working. That's all. So it was faster. Yeah, the two three was definitely faster. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think on that last lap he could have he could have used it to his advantage because what I felt like he was doing he was, with Roxon he was using it mm-hmm. to get right on Roxon's rear tire, mm-hmm. and then he could make his move after the finish in that turn or through the whoops. You know, it was, it right, was allowing right. him to get right on him. Yeah. But to make a pass before you got to the finish yep. probably wasn't going to happen. All right. Um, Tomac told me uh, after the race, uh, okay, I'm going to say it. I didn't get the start. <laughs> like, dude, it's not, it's not why I'm here. I'm not here to, like, rub it in. But it blew me out on social media, you know. Uh, a lot of fans were really happy with you. What's that? A lot of fans were very happy with you. Well, you know those social, those Instagram things go well. Like whenever riders do that, they Generally, go they yeah. go very well. Um, generally, fans are able to look at both sides of the issue, uh, debate it, talk about it um, unbiasedly, very rationally, yep, and come to an, a logical conclusion. Usually, that's, yeah. you see that happen. Um, a lot of thought goes in, goes down before anyone uh, decides no. to comment. Um, all right, JT, uh, Chad Reed, the floor is yours. I thought he actually rode really well. He did. He did. Yeah. I just I here's the part where you tell us all about how great he rode cuz he did. Uh I don't think that I'm crazily over biased. I think he no, rode terribly I, the first couple of races. I, I'm not uh, saying you are. He's just he's your good friend. He came from probably about 12th or so, somewhere around there. Yeah, no, I, he rode well. I mean, he shot himself in the foot on the first lap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. he I mean, he passed Jason Anderson straight up and was moving forward. He was, you know, I Passed Barsha? Yeah, he, he rode great it's just uh if you want to beat those guys you're not going to catch them from 12 no tell you that. no but it was a, it was yeah. a good sign coming off oakland like okay he didn't no back absolutely the podium, yeah, but, everything yeah. that you would want 
to mm-hmm. kind of back a weekend up, I thought was there, just to, not the start. Now, JT, you've gone on record as saying that if, if Blake Baggett makes the podium, you will walk home from wherever you are, wherever the race is. And, I believe uh, I'm on record for that, yes. Um, except for Daytona. But early on, how worried were you? Blake Baggett pulls the holy. Uh, I was just on the whole shot. I was kind of laughing. Um, how, how was your but, social media? Because mine was blowing up, my Twitter and everything. Yeah, I have been, uh, I really wasn't nervous. I was kind of laughing because I thought, oh, you know, here it comes. Here right. comes all the tweets. But yeah. he kind of got shuffled back so quickly. I'm just like, there's no way he's, you know, unless right. some of these guys start crashing, there's just no way he's going to be able to beat them. Uh, but he held in there really strong. He did. We he held into fourth for uh, quite a while. Yeah. And that was, at that point, I was kind of like, man, if, if something happens here, this this could happen. Uh, <laughs> but then, kind of, you know, the guy started sneaking around him. And you got to be like, Forrest. he rode really, really well. I'll give him, I'll give him credit. He rode well. Then you got to be like Forrest Gump and put your put your running shoes on and go. Um, Weege, uh, Baggett's been good, and it's no secret now. He's working with RJ. I mean. Yeah, but I feel like uh, he was better than I thought he would be right from the get-go. Like, as soon as I saw him riding in practice on the first Anaheim, obviously the dude does not have a great reputation in Supercross, and then he's getting on a 450 for the first time. He's looked fine on it the whole time, but apparently not good enough, because wasn't it after the second race that uh, Mike Webb called RJ? I think so. Um, so I was actually surprised, because I thought he was riding well already, but I guess um, when you uh... Uh, they thought he uh, do even better. When you want to call RJ, is it like a spotlight with the bad boy logo? You just shine it in the sky? <laughs> like Batman? <laughs> I, I have a feeling, what do you think the chances were of, um, they called RJ and asked if he had anything to contribute, and he said, nah, just, I really don't have anything. <laughs> what are the odds Sorry, of that? I almost spit my coffee out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really have anything to add, I don't have any insight, I don't have anything to say. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, yeah, nothing to say. Um... But hey, There's no topic on our that RJ would be able to contribute to. Uh, no, yeah, it's working out good. Uh, I think he. I mean, it's all relative, right? Yeah, like, yeah. let's be honest. You know, he's a rookie in the class, and so is Sealy. Sealy started behind him and finished second. Yeah. And Baggett got uh, seventh in the end. It's all relative, but that to me was just as impressive from Baggett as it was from Sealy, just because of what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they shuffled him back, but again, it wasn't total fish out of water. Uh, no, you know, no. they made moves on him, but he held strong. Uh, I, I think he's riding way better than I would have expected him to. Yep. Most people probably. I, I think do. so. He's been solid, man. He yep. hasn't, he's avoided the big mistake too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't really see him go down. You don't see him, um, yeah. you know, make the big, big, big mistake. Uh, I don't know how much Barsha's practice crash that I just caught the end of affected him. We, did you talk to JGR guys at all? Was it? You know, in fact, I was headed that way until you decided to do this podcast right now. Uh, and oh, okay. I, I would have had that itself, but okay. I got to wait an hour. Uh, Barsha uh, was just—it was just. We stop me if you heard this before, but he, he didn't get the start, and then he just kind of stayed where he was. Well, I know the start thing is 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 something that is super critical in this sport. That is legitimate, legitimate, legitimate. But there are times when you can easily come right back. I mean, where was Reed compared to Barsha? No, Reed was behind him. Right. Yeah. And then Reed, how far ahead was Reed at the end? Very far. Very far ahead. Very far. Yeah. So the start thing can be used, and a lot of times it's legit, but it's often a crutch, too. I mean, there's no way that you could just say, he's riding great. He just didn't get the start. I just don't think you can say that right now. He's not going all that fast either. He's also not getting the starts, but 
Finger, it would uh, be really interesting if he got a whole shot. What would happen? Would he be right there with those guys? I don't know. Biggest disappointment to, so far, JT, and I'll put it on you so everyone can get mad at you. Uh, Millsaps or Barsha? Uh, I would say Millsaps. Yeah, something's up with Millsaps. Something's yeah, I up. agree. Yeah, I, agree. I don't know what. Maybe his foot again. But uh, I thought he was going to win a race. Like, without a doubt, was going to win a race this season, and yeah. I yeah. am no, nowhere near that right now. No, he's got a long way to go, no doubt. What about yeah. you, Weege? What do you think? Yeah, I agree because it's Millsaps because his his roles were just even worse. Like Barsh is still ahead of him. Yeah, uh, Barsh is still getting top ten every week. Yeah, um, but it appears that Barsh doesn't really have an issue. Millsaps is so bad it's making us think. Well, maybe he's hurt. Yeah. So if, at least Millsaps might have a little excuse, and he'll use those. <laughs> oh yeah, he will. <laughs> uh, if if um if Pike comes back and starts beating Barsha, it's going to get ugly. And he might. I think he would have been already. You know, I mean, obviously you beat him in uh, in Phoenix with a great ride, but uh, I don't know. It's not good if that if that ended up happening. But um, Pike's still weeks away from coming back. So, and I and I, the other thing about Barsha's finishes though, he's not um like this is the difference between Barsha and Millsaps. Barsha is just at the end of that like you could say a group, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like Reed rode off him, he got sixth. Barsha finishes behind him. So Barsha is not getting beat yet by really anybody that he shouldn't be getting beat by. Mm-hmm. So unless you want to throw Celia and Anderson's second-place finishes in there, but that's the difference. Like You'd have to say, well, is Pike good enough to beat Reed also if he's going to beat Barsha? So that's what it, um, that's, that would be hard to call, I think, if Pike would beat Barsha consistently right now. It, uh, it, it, I mean, look, everybody in the pits is it's a small industry and everybody knows each other, but I guarantee you, Weege, some of the people that are over at Honda are watching Barsha's struggles and going, yep, okay, guess it wasn't us. Yeah, yeah, and all three of their guys are on the gas. I mean, yeah. flip a coin, they would have had two of the three podium positions almost any way. I mean, yeah. Kennard, Steely, Tomac, take your pick. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because um, th- that didn't end well with Honda and Justin and all that. So, um, you know, and a lot of those. One thing that to know, and we might not ever know, is obviously Honda has made huge changes. Now, Barsha signed with JGR really early, as we now know, mm-hmm. or we did know, but we weren't allowed to say. I mean, it was before Vegas that it was known, I think, right? Uh, I remember like tra- track walk in Atlanta. He was growing down with, with J-Bo in Atlanta. I remember those guys waving at each other on track walks in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> was... <laughs> uh, actually, I can bring up the same thing on Roxon. So, Honda made huge changes. When were those changes, you know, known that they were going to go into effect? And when was the end result of them known? And, and did Barsha know this going in? Did, did they say, listen, man, I know we're struggling now, but there are huge changes coming. Trust us. Did they do that? Did he have a shot at it? Did he react too quickly? I'd love to know the timing of that. And same thing with um, the – well, Kenny knew the new bike was coming, but they wouldn't let him ride it. Well, I asked Costa about that. Yeah. And I said, does the new bike address the things Kenny was complaining about with the old one? And he said, yes. And I'm like, did he ever ride it? And he said no, because he signed with Suzuki so early, mm-hmm. we didn't have it done. And then once we know he's leaving another team, we're not giving him our secrets. So, right, of course, yeah. we're not going to let him ride next year's bike that he'll never race for us. But DeCoster is basically saying he wished he hadn't signed so early. You know, wait till July, yeah. and, you know, you might have had a chance to at least try it. It's really interesting. Those guys signed so early. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. 
presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this race tech commercial and save yourself money. Use the code PulpMX15 to save yourself 10% at racetech.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening to these podcasts, everybody. I appreciate it. This is Mathis. Hey, did you guys know that chances are the bike that's in your garage needs some sort of suspension work? I guarantee you, 74.3% of you listen to this either need your suspension oil changed, you need to get proper springs for your size or speed, or you need your bushings or your bushings are worn out, or something is going on with your suspension. Don't neglect your suspension. Enjoy your ride. And the best way to do that is by sending it to the folks at Racetech. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket uh, suspension mod company. They've been doing this stuff since for 30 years, people. They've been uh, in business. Of course, they worked with some of the world's best riders. Right now, each setup and product is 100% guaranteed. They're made in the USA. Vince Freeze uses Racetech suspension to get third overall in uh, last year's 250 E-Series. Cody Gilmore, Jimmy Dakotas, they're all on uh, Racetech suspension. It's privateer proven. They've offered a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. They're high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for the rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. Pulp MX-15 saves you 20% at Racetech, Racetech.com. Vintage stuff also available. Anything to do with suspension, these guys can do it. Trust me, tune up your ride. You need it because you know it's been sitting in the garage. You haven't serviced it for a long time. Just do it. Use the code. Save yourself money. Thanks to Racetech for supporting all these podcasts. Do it. Racetech. Do it. Sealy is only four points back of Barsha after his podium. So, Actually, Barsha's sixth place in the points is better than how he's been riding. Do you know what I mean? Like, But that's my point. Yeah. He's just right behind. No one yet is beating him that shouldn't be beating him. He's behind well, Anderson, five maybe. really good guys right now, right? Well, Anderson. Oh, sorry, Anderson. Yeah. Anderson is ahead of Barsha still? Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you can, make, you can make a case that he should be beating Jason Anderson. But Maybe, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, Anderson is the reigning 250 champ. It's not like he just came out of nowhere. Yeah. No, but I can guarantee you when the, the zeros on the paycheck for Barcher wasn't like, we hope you can beat a 450 rookie. <laughs> hope you can beat yeah, luck, I think I Anderson's zeros are pretty, pretty big, too. <laughs> the expectations. Are yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I agree with you, but I don't think it's just you know? outlandish. No, no. But that's the whole problem with the Barsha thing. It's not quite, it's not a disaster, right? It's not unbelievably bad. It's just, oh, it's not, something's off, but it's not, he's not getting 15th every weekend. He's getting 7th every weekend. Really strange. Um, hey, uh, it, it, I don't know, like, this is so, this is so super cross to me. And this, Josh Hill goes from really not even being close to qualifying for three weeks and he comes out and gets 10th all day long. He looked like a different guy. He was up front in the practices. He was charging. He had good practice times. Just uh, whatever it was attitude-wise. And I actually, I should actually text him and find out if he changed something. But he was just a different guy, JT. I, I don't mean, know. I, I thought he looked really good in Oakland in practice. Did you? Yeah. I made a, I made a point to watch him in practice. Mm-hmm. And he was going for it. Like, he, he looked good. I, I put him... He was on my fantasy team in Oakland because I thought he looked so good in practice. He was so. uh, he was ninth quickest uh, this past weekend um, okay. in practice, and in Oakland, he great radio here. 
he was 14th, so not not too much further off, but 14th. Yeah, chances, and yeah. and it was more eye test that I was going off of. Yeah, I just think uh, you know the circumstances he's been in, you know, the start, um, staying off the ground. Those have been the reasons he hasn't qualified. I, I think every weekend he's been fast enough. It's mm-hmm. not like he just can't ride a motorcycle anymore yeah. well enough to beat guys like, you know, Kelly Rusk and guys like right. that. Like, I don't well, think that's been the case. Different guy this weekend. So, we'll see. His deal with Valley's ending after San Diego. So, we'll see what happens. Word. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was for all season, so. Um... What else? Uh, Shorty had a rough night. Uh, LCQ had to go. To LCQ crashed. Then I think did he crash in the main too, or no? Uh, no. He's got a bad start and whatever because he's way outside and worked up from there. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was pretty much last <laughs> somehow. Right. He was way back there. Yep. Um, and uh, Albertson. Hey, Albertson's riding pretty good lately. Like he's coming. Bad. Yeah, he's moving up. He's passing some guys, so it's good. Uh, Josh Grant's bike broke. Did not crash. I it tweeted did. on RacerX Twitter that that uh, that he uh, probably crashed. I mean, that's why I said because he rode off the track. But he actually his bike broke. So yeah, but, he went through the uh, the first sweat of whoops. He had just passed Millsaps when Millsaps had an issue. Put in a couple good laps mm-hmm. uh, and actually pulled away from Millsaps a little bit. Went through the first set of whoops and something was uh, engine related, uh, just from his body language and what he was telling the the mechanics. He got up pulled to, off uh, the track after the first set of whoops and then rode the outside of the track all the way around to the mechanics area. And then just because I've been around for so long, I kind of tell that something was going on with the engine. So He got up um, to uh, 13th, yeah. which would have been, you know, uh, by far his best race. He stayed there. Yeah, and I, so. from talking to those guys, just the whole goal for the whole main <laughs> event was just to finish. Just put in 20 solid laps without, you know, a big get off. Yeah. And give us something to build on, you know. Just stay off the ground. Yeah, yeah. If you got to slow down, whatever you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes. Just give us twenty laps so we can start moving forward. Right. And uh, you know that what that's not really his fault, but still, you know, the black clouds kind of following him around. Black flag. Uh, same team, so sure. Yeah, yeah. Chad had black flag on the back of his pants. You see that, Weege? Oh, really? Yeah, he had the 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 band, the symbol for the band. He waited a week. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to. The boss. Didn't it say the boss? What? The back of his pants. No, it said black flag. The boss. I don't know. At some point in Anaheim 3, it said, it said black flag. Oh, right. Maybe yeah. I have a heat ray picture. Oh. I think he wanted that at Oakland. They just didn't pull it <laughs> off or couldn't pull it off or whatever happened, it didn't happen. Right, right, right. Um, now I'm interested. I have a picture of him from the back. And it says the boss, but maybe that's a heat, or maybe it's the main, and vice versa. Um, it says the boss, like Bruce Springsteen. I guess it meant I saw that too, and I'm like, uh, I guess it's because he's the owns the team. Well, they call him the boss over there. See, there you go. Yeah. Hey. Um, hey, I never got to tell you guys. I forgot one of the hilarious stories after Anaheim too. You know, he's trying to find Reed and Kennard, and they, they don't really want to talk, and they're in their rigs. Oh, here's Weege. Uh, you know here's Weege pumping his. Here's Weege tump, pumping his. Uh, pumping his tires again, JT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. It was awesome. I actually did some work. I go over to Reed's truck, and there's just like the massive group of like fans around. I'm like, oh, Chad must be outside. Right. No, it is just Dave Osterman just going off <laughs> in front of fans, cell phones, <laughs> media, whoever is willing to listen. One man can't have this much power. That's ridiculous. One man can't end just going off, and it was awesome. No holds barred, Dave, Dave O. 
You ever looked a shark in the eye? Oh, classic Davo. Uh, um, uh, hey, um, Dave so, Osterman's the hype man. <laughs> you had a big, <laughs> did he have a big clock around his neck? <laughs> um, it really was. Hey, uh, so I, I, with no Wygant there, I had to do the uh, Racer X Twitter, and um, it's 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 depressing a little bit. Um, Michael Lessie came back after a week. Uh, he missed last week. He had knee surgery, you know, meniscus. They cleaned up his meniscus. I talked to him on track walk a little bit, and he came back and 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 you know he gets a good start. He qualifies out of the heat, and then in the main event he ends up. I mean, he has been off for a week. His knee's probably sore. He doesn't have a great finish, but. I talked about it on Twitter, and Wygant, and you probably see this all the time, but RacerX has you know, probably the most followers out of any moto site out there. The venom for the That's 800, so it, it's, it, it's pathetic. He's done a lot to deserve it for sure, but nobody deserves this level. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I actually I was, I went on a little uh, rant on my own, on my own account, because I was like, I probably shouldn't do this on RacerX account. Maybe someone will get mad at me. But I'm like, come on, people. Like, the guy... You know, I mean, he missed a week. He came back. He's battling knee surgery. He made it out of the heat race. Like, say what you want. I mean, he's not going to make the podium anytime soon. But, I mean, come on. It's just, it's brutal. It's brutal. It'll be like, he'll tweet, Alessi is in fourth. Yeah. And then some more retweet of, like, I hope he chokes and dies tonight. Right. Right. Like, right. We're just saying he's running in fourth. We're not, like, yeah. not good or bad. Just giving you news. But, like, anything with Alessi in it, like, it doesn't matter if it just said Michael Alessi just tied his shoe. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, I, I hate I, him. Yeah. He's a guy. These people, man. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, look, the, the dad is crazy, and he's hurt Mike's career. I'll say that all day long. Mike himself tries very hard. He's a very good rider. And it, it just he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. JT, you'd be blocking yeah, fools like crazy. Yeah, it's well, I think it's just social media in general. I don't think it's just Michael Essie. He obviously takes a, a way more than his share of the abuse, but it's just social media in general. People say things that they would never even dream of saying to someone's face. And it's it's sad. It really it's it's sad. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's brutal. But Mike look, Mike Mike's riding good or whatever, you know. I mean, he got guy you know, he didn't need to be out there, but he wants to be out there and you know, surgery on his knee and everything. I don't know. I just felt like pretty brutal. So. Oh, it's uncalled for. I mean, when we started this podcast talking about the Tomac thing, it's just incredible what people are willing to type up and hit send. Yeah. I mean, it's just sad. It's just sad. It is. That's yeah. what I mean. It's just yeah. it's embarrassing. Embarrassing, it's embarrassing like for, 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 that for, people are that pathetic. Like for the human race, it's embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> as, as a species. It's like, right, really? Right. You're like, willing to put that out there with your name attached to it Saying yeah. that about another human being that you don't know, you yeah. don't even know him. He's never done anything to you. No. He's never. He's never and done. If these any, people yeah. met Michael Essie, He's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. That he is. He is, and and he, he's obviously made some really bad decisions. And there's a lot of drama. And I get all that. I, I'm very aware. I'm, I'm. I see it all firsthand. But that guy is a very, very nice human being and doesn't deserve that stuff. There's some people that we know in the pits that. Uh, Outwardly, have never caused any trouble, but you know they're just—I don't—they're—they're they're not great people. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like they lie or whatever. Like you know, they yeah. break contracts. They lie. They—they they, uh, cheat on their wives or whatever. And, and you're just like, all right, but you know, there's Mike. I—I I mean, really, what has Mike done? Okay, like 
when he was a young kid, he stood home like Ivan Tedesco's bike, which was pretty crazy. Um, he had nothing to do with the laser gate. He took out Brock Tickle. What else? What else has he done? Uh, I, I think you're going to lose your argument here if you, okay. if you start using that. <laughs> All right. Maybe it's coming off the top of my head. I don't I think you're going to take the last 15 years of Alessi stuff in general and be like, you know, when you think about it. Right, 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 right. Um, I'm just saying, it's brutal. It, it, it's brutal. So. Yes. Here's what, here's what makes it bad. I understand when he takes out Tickle, go ahead. Have at it. Or if something controversial happens and a guy tries to tell a story and you don't think it's true, have at it. But it's gotten to the point now where we can't say anything about Alessi without it just people just going off. Like yeah. nothing more than Michael Alessi's racing this weekend. He says his knee is okay. Oh, I hate that guy. He needs to die. Get him off the track. <laughs> right. Like we're just telling you he has a knee injury. That's it. There's no. There's nothing even to react to. It's yeah. News. Brutal, man. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't wish that on anybody. That's for sure. Okay, um, 250s, we good? Want to move, move on to 250s? Yeah. Um, the red flag. We, uh, we, Osborne's gate doesn't fall, and five laps later, they throw the red flag, and they rightfully have a restart. But, I mean, JT, what, were you as, as mystified as I as why it took so long? I was. I, there's no consistency. I mean, the right you know, decision takes, was made. It takes 40-something seconds to black flag Chad, but it takes six laps to realize that the gate malfunctioned and they need to restart. You know, I, just some consistency, please. That's all I'm asking for here. Um, it was the right call. You're absolutely correct in that, but well, it, they really, really could have pulled it off, I think, sooner than they did. I guarantee you the Chad Reed thing doesn't happen, and that call is made sooner. I guarantee you. They took so long because they came under so much criticism for the read thing that they must have zuprudered the shit out of that replay. They probably filmed themselves. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. They probably filmed themselves watching the replay so they would have proof that they watched the replay. But Weege, that was too long. You can't you gotta make that decision quicker. I mean, come on, it's five laps. I mean, yeah, I agree with everything you, you said. I think that they're now gun-shy. Um, and I don't think it's because they're trying to prove to people that they did look at the replay. I think they're just looking at everything nine times now. Uh, and I do think from just some of the scuttlebutt, I think now it, it, because of what happened in Anaheim where it's like, hey, how could, as Dave Osman said, one man's got too much power. <laughs> so I think Gallagher and Crowther and whoever else have to, you know, they both have to agree. So you now, th- obviously, that should take more than, hey, what do you think? Red flag? Yeah, red flag. That takes five seconds. But I think, in general, there's now some checks and balances in there. So I know it seems ridiculous that one thing happened so quick and one thing took so long. Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I think that's because of that, like you said. It's, now they're so afraid to hit the switch, and they've all got to check with each other to make sure that doesn't happen again. They'll never tell you this because that would admit that the black flag was an error. So they're never going to come out and say that. But I think that's the case. So they're now... Changing you, things in the other direction. You're saying things have changed since the black flag to Chad Reed. I think there has to. Yeah, I think um, the guys have to check with each other now, which again could take no more than five seconds. But <laughs> you're do, never going to hear that publicly. I don't do think, they? Admit that the black flag was an error, and they're not going to do that. According to some people in the pits, they probably have to call Giuseppe and Wolfgang before they do it. <laughs> Monster Energy executive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mitch Covington. Mitch. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a little much. I mean, 
I didn't notice Osborne's gate live, um, but people on my Twitter sure did. Uh, maybe they're Zach Osborne fans or, or whatever, uh, or they were just happened to be looking at that side of the gate. They were like, Osborne's gate never fell, Mathis. Like, WTF, you know? Um, so these people knew it right away. So yeah, I thought he just hit the gate. Yeah, yeah, from where we were. We were yeah. far away. You know, it's kind of in the middle. So I just thought he hit the gate. But, yeah, if, if your gate doesn't fall, you have to restart it. There's just no other way to do it. But five yeah. laps? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Jeez. Um, well, it didn't matter how many times you restarted. It looked like Cooper Webb was still going to win. God, he looks good, uh, JT. Just uh, uh, the way he – you know, he was uh, – did you notice him going uh, on those tabletops that run uh, perpendicular to the to the start? They they were going. He was going outside two over all the way over single. He tried that a few times. Um, in the sand, he would just stop and pivot early. He would go all the way. Like he can put the bike wherever he wants. He can do whatever obstacle that you want him to do, and fast. Well, the crazy thing is he can do all of these things that we're talking about and still go faster. Yeah, yeah. That's the crazy thing is just like I'm trying all of these right. crazy, you know hairball lines that no one wants to use and no one should use mm-hmm. and i'm still just waiting for you everywhere yeah yeah and that's just, a really really bad sign for the rest of the guys that are trying to win this championship oh yeah a really bad sign you because watch he can go, just imagine if he goes in the fast line all the time you watch see you later you watch remember me saying that i do well, what have you guys been I, doing? I feel like it wasn't really an option because it's kind of the, you know, our job. <laughs> no, he, Weege, uh, he's, he, he's, he widened his points. He's got 17 points now. This thing, this thing's over barring a, a big disaster. Yeah. And I think what you also saw here was, um, in the heat race, he, he didn't quite get Mookie. He was behind him for a little bit, then went after him and, and ran out of time. And even in the main, he was behind Nelson for a while, but I think now you can tell he knows he has the speed in reserve to where I think he's like, all right, I'm second. I don't need to go. Yeah. I don't need to push the issue here. I'll get him eventually. I'll just wait. I'll find my opening. I'll get him to make a mistake. I don't need to rush things. And but, So when you have that much in reserve where you're like, I'll just chill and just yeah. wait for him to make a mistake, yeah. I'll pass him at some point. I yeah. mean, now it's really dangerous because he doesn't even need to take risks anymore. Biggest winners from the restart, Zach Osborne, obviously. Jesse Nelson okay. was like 10th or 12th. Uh, yeah. he, he's a big winner. Uh, biggest losers, uh, Bowers. He was third, and then he ended up uh, being back on the pack and, and eating poop. Uh, Bishaglia was in a, a, a really comfy third. Uh, finished fifth still. Good job by him. First race back after a couple of races missed. Um, he was a bit of a and loser. He, I mean, he pretty much threw away, well, they took away almost a guaranteed podium, I feel like. I think so, him. yeah. Uh, Malcolm Stewart, also a big loser because he was uh, looking good in the first one and uh, finished way back, crashed a couple times, so. Um, and uh, they did not consult anyone from Geico apparently during the uh, decision to red flag it. They were not on the speed <laughs> dial list. No, yeah, the exactly right. Um. So yeah, it was a it was a, it was an eventful race. How about Plessinger and Osborne going at it? Wygant, who are you cheering cool. for? Two GNCC oh, so guys. Like, we're just trees and barkbusters away from from heaven on earth. <laughs> Two GNCC guys going at it. Plessinger rode great yeah. though. Yeah, it's good to see Plessinger bounce back. I mean, the, obviously the first two races were phenomenal. It's just been starts and stuff, but with these guys, the confidence goes up and down so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never sure how long uh, something becomes a trend. So clearly those were just two bad races, and he's, he's right. not where he was at the beginning of the year. Um, 
I don't get Osborne because okay, so he listened to our podcast, JT, where where I think you were saying like he's not going to be able to ride during the week, right? Uh, after Anaheim won with his thumb, mm-hmm. and he said you guys are wrong. He told me, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. We're not doctors, and we don't know your thumb, but you know, which indicated to me that he was riding. Okay. And then I interview him this weekend. He's like, yeah, I have 20 minutes on the bike since that crash during the week. Right. Well, and I'm just like, uh, okay. I feel like you and Zachy Pooh haven't really been on the same page all season. Well, he sent me little emojis of the fists, you know, and I said, are those for like buddies? And he's like, no, these are raining down on you. Like, right. Yeah. And I feel like you guys were getting into it a bit after the Bowers thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a rough and tumble go in the Steve Zach saga. I, I just always tell Zach that I was there in the beginning and I'm going to be there all the way. No matter how much he gets angry at me, it doesn't really matter. Okay. So, um, what's going on with Justin Hill? Man, no idea. Well, he got he got a really bad start. Yeah, but but very very underwhelming. Fastest qualifier again. Uh, did he win the heat? Did he win the Did he win the heat? Uh, I don't think so. How do you do in the heat? Weed, you can jump. You can chime in any time here. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe no, he got third. One. No, he got third. Yeah. yeah. Nelson won the other yep. one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, just underwhelming. Uh, Aldridge crashed again. So, it's not good. 14th for him. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? Yeah. And Bowers oh, got lucky. You guys saw Bowers crash? Oh. Oh, yeah. If he didn't get over the yeah. landing, if he didn't get to that downside. Oh. He, um... He broke his uh, femur years ago while leading. He could have been five-time arena cross champion. He's points leader, broke oh. his femur, and I think that exact same thing happened. But he landed on a table instead of over the table. It wasn't WWF right. you know, landing on a table where it collapses to break your mm-hmm. fall either. Now, I didn't – I don't – when I watched the TV broadcast, I just fast-forward to the races. So I missed the Webb Bowers thing that was on TV, Weege. But um, I don't know. Did you see it? Oh yeah. Okay. Social yeah. media people were social pe- media people, and I probably need to go back and watch it. But social media people were very angry. They said it made made them both look really dumb. What do you think? Uh, I mean, they were no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, here's why I wouldn't say that. Bowers especially was really playing it up and and you know wearing his emotions on his sleeve and and telling it like it is as far as he's concerned. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the most part we complain that these guys are robots and it's boring. So I will never say that they shouldn't do that. I was shocked that Bowers did what he did. Here's, I can't believe, you have to turn it on right now, Mathis. Oh, okay. It's incredible. Yeah, okay. Bowers is sitting in the back in the bed of like a 1957 pickup. I saw, uh, yeah, when I was fast forwarding, I saw that. Yeah, in his yeah. driveway. And the stuff he's saying, I mean, you, you talked to him after, um, uh, after the races previously. Yeah. Like he's throwing all these like threats out there. Yeah. Doing it again. He's like, he's five foot six. He can be real big on the podium. He would never say that stuff to my face. Oh do, you, oh, do I think he's going to get revenge? It would be, what did he say? Like, it would be like a fly landing on me. It would he, do nothing. He can't do anything to me. He came on the Pulp Show. He came on the Pulp Show, and he was like, you know, I just want to put this behind us, and uh, we'll work forward, and it was an accident. I mean, he got, the guy's like an 11-year-old girl. And I'm just like, okay, that's not really putting it behind you, Tyler, by calling him that. Like, Yeah, not only, and it, like I'm saying, it wasn't like they caught him off guard. Mm-hmm. He's all posed <laughs> up. And here's the drive, and that might not have been his decision. They might have been like, "Hey, you know what? It'll look cool. We'll have you sit in the truck." But he could have not gone with it, or he could have not given these. He was given the same crazy stuff that you got after the race. Yeah, 
you know, where he said, you know, he, mm-hmm. he better be lucky if he's going to even get to the next race. He was basically saying the same stuff again. I'm a bear. Webb, right. Yeah. <laughs> Webb was normally very outspoken. You could tell that he was either rattled or just didn't want to go there. Right. Um, it wasn't really the same on his end of it. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, you could say that Bowers comes across looking stupid, but right. I'm never going to criticize guys for showing personality. The sport can use it, and I'm all for it. JT, Aldridge's rookie year, Hindenburg or Titanic? I would say from the the depth of the crashes and coming from the air like he has, it's got to be Hindenburg. Hindenburg, right, falling from the sky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And of just the flames and everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's not good, man. I uh, think the uh, – but just to comment on the Webb-Bowers oh, okay. thing. yeah. When you're when you are Cooper Webb and you have shown that you you have the speed advantage over everyone, you know, including Bowers, there's no upside to getting in some kind of verbal cult altercation where now you're just putting it in Bowers' mind. If I see you, you're going down. There's well, just no upside to it. It's kind of what so, I kind of what I wrote last week. Like he's making he's not making friends at all. You know. Well, and, and especially with Bowers, you just right. there's. There's no reason to do that. You know, I, I, would, I would assume that Steve Lansing, and he has some pretty smart people over there, telling him, hey, like, there's nothing to gain from this. You're better. Your riding is doing more talking than you could possibly say. You're, you're showing everyone how much better you are. Just stay above it because that's, you know, you're going to win the title if you do that. Just stay away from Bowers. Don't worry about what he's saying. All he's trying to do is get in your head and lure you into some sort of uh, you know, brouhaha where he can knock you down and change the championship. Because if he doesn't, there's no way Bowers can beat him right now straight up. You know, those yeah. two start together, Webb is going to beat him every time the way it sits right now. Brouhaha. Yeah. Huh. Hey, Weege. Yeah, he's from Kentucky, so brouhaha. Weege. Yeah. Cole Martinez was pretty good. Yeah, top ten. That team, there's just utter confusion with all these Yamaha support teams. But I think Strick Slayton is starting to make a mark, starting to separate itself. All three of their guys have been pretty solid. They've got, um, uh, yeah, they've got Freeberg. Freeberg, Martinez. Champion, champion, and, uh, didn't, champion didn't race. Um, I don't know what happened. He went out in first practice and then pulled off, so must have hurt himself. He's been good. You know, he's been okay. He's made all the mains until, until now. Right. Um, and Martinez and Freeberg have definitely had their their moments also. So maybe there's something something going there. Um, maybe, yeah, yeah. Strict. They're very strict over there. Get it? They're Canadian gear, correct? What? Canadian gear, right? Well, okay. And this and this goes to my other point. You know what I found out about Cole Martinez like last week? He's half Canadian. He has a Canadian passport. Twitter. Yeah, I saw a Canadian passport on Twitter. Yeah. So, I mean, can we claim him? No? Uh, I think you're, you can claim if you want Dean Wilson, too. Yeah, we can't claim Dean, you know. But, yeah, okay, all right. Hey, Zach Bell had a rough, uh, rough race. He was up there for a little bit. I watched him. He fell in the turn before the second set of whoops, the right-hander. He got up. You know, he's not, it's, it's not easy for him to get on the bike and stuff. He's really short. Um, so he, he got up and I mean, I don't mean to laugh at him, but, uh, got up, got started, went, I'm not kidding you. He went two and a half feet, hit the first whoop and fell over again. Like he wasn't situated on the bike good enough, you know, Yep. hit the whoop and fell over again. I just, 
Yeah, it happens. Panic to get going, <laughs> and you're kind of hopping on the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh man, that's a rough, rough deal. Hopefully not in front of you know forty thousand people. Right. But well, happens. and you, you know you're a shorter and stature person, so you can relate. Thank you. Um. All right. Uh, anything else? Are we good? Are we throwing? A, are, we th- are we throwing a red or a black flag on this podcast? Throw the black flag on this podcast. Have to wait a little longer to we decide. Should, let's wait another hour. That we can yeah. figure it out. Um, so San Diego this weekend, the, the stadium that Chad Reed built. Oh wait, no, it's not. No, Petco. Nope. Um, does yeah. Reed's does Reed San Diego quote unquote advantage go away because it's Petco, or is it the city that he loves? Uh, we'll find uh, out. Well, one, fact, one factor is Chad likes the football stadiums more, right? Um. Uh, he seems Qualcomm. to. I think he just likes 180 degree yeah. turns. Mm-hmm. Right. Qualcomm was once a baseball and football stadium, so obviously the floor is big enough to do either. But it was the track usually was more of the football type shape, correct? Where Petco will correct. not be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if that means anything. They did a better job, I think, this year of getting a handle on these baseball stadiums as far as making longer laps and. Usually the baseball stadium tracks, I think, are just a joke. Like, there's two or three corners where they're just like, well, we got room. Just put them in here. <laughs> How's that going to be, Petco? It's being pretty good, I bet. Qualcomm I think it would be a, cool. Yeah. Qualcomm the was, downtown, downtown vibe will be good. Yeah, Qualcomm was a dump. Oh, my God. It was. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. It's, it's, yep. it's not Oakland bad, but it's right there. It's close. Yeah, I mean, the city is obviously pretty nice, but it's not really in the cool part of San Diego. It's, no. kinda, you know, east of there. I mean, no. but it's certainly a step above Oakland, but it's in that Oakland, Dallas, the old Dallas Stadium kind of yeah. feel. You yeah. know, it just needs to be updated. For so, sure. That's what we did. Yeah, it should be interesting. Weed, you're going. You're, you're coming out. Yeah, I'm going to go to a race. Yeah, I'm going to go to well. a couple in a row here. I'm going to go to uh, oh, quite a few races. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Getting crazy. <laughs> Getting crazy. Cinnamon rolls yeah. for everyone, bro. Decided to let the uh, teach a man to fish. Feed him for life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant uh, on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do this again next week. See ya. All right, guys. See you in person. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. 
I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over five hundred more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go.